Are you ready for the end of the world? You are listening to... Wait, are we ready for the end of the world? <laughs> are you ready for the end of the world as we know it? You are listening to Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. This is Orda Energy Mon. And I'm actually on the controls because Treesong got to be sick. And I'm not going to say hallelujah to that. But I want to read a few things before we get into the news. From Harper's Index, number of Americans employed in the beer industry, 2 million. Number of the top 10 beers sold in the United States that are owned by U.S. firms, zero. Rank of the Super Bowl among television programs viewed by United States women. It's the number one TV show for U.S. women. The number of times National Football League players have been arrested for domestic violence since 2000, 90. Now, I get the joy of receiving... Um, books every once in a while and here's a book I got last month that won't be published until January 27th um, it'll be available on uh, paperback and ebooks it's called Windfall The Booming Business of Global Warming this is by Mackenzie Funk now I don't usually tend to enjoy reading books that have a lot of facts in them but this one somehow grabbed my attention part of it it like right in the beginning it was um, a fund manager was talking about the business of global warming and he said he is not um, he doesn't not want to be considered an activist in any sort he's just going after the money and so I thought it was an interesting take on um global warming the booming business of global warming and some of the things in there i had never thought of for example people buying up millions of acres in south um, in africa to be able to feed europe or um, people buying millions of gallons of water in the southwest to sell to cities and farmers so those were a couple of them again the name of the book is windfall the booming business of global warming and um, it will be available on paperback January 27th from Pigeon Books. So. a question for you. Could you actually give up your car? According to Consumer Reports, the median car costs $9,100 per year to own. This right here is an article um, from the Dollar Stretcher, Living Better for Less, and they come out with, um, you know, it's like a newsletter slash magazine that comes out every month, and um, I really like it because, well, it gives you all kinds of hints 
One of the hints is this article. Could you give up your car? Again, it costs, the median car costs $9,100 per year to own. With many Americans moving back into the cities and many recent college graduates struggling with uh, student loan payments, there are a lot of people who simply can't afford a car. So imagine for a moment the dollars you save if you didn't own what some people regard as a mobile money pit. Of course, there's no car payment, no vehicle depreciation of roughly 30% the instance you drive it off the lot, no car insurance, so there's no need for that lizard, you know, to save you 15%. There's no registration or annual vehicle inspection fees, no need to replace routine maintenance, no more buying, adding washer fluid, no trips to the car wash, no oil change or new batteries, no need for annual anything. No parking tickets, no traffic tickets, no wheel alignments, and no more buying gasoline. And it says at today's sky high prices because this was published in November. So is going vehicle free a viable strategy for everybody? Absolutely not. Maybe you use your car for work, you know, like a real estate agent does. So they can write it off on their taxes. Now, during the 50s and the 60s, most people only owned one car and shared it. So maybe you could adopt that strategy and still save gobs of money by dumping ride number two. Now, I could read the rest of this article. Most, mostly it, people will say, well, there is no public transportation. Um, now, I want to give my story. I lived off-grid in the country for 18 years. But then I was realizing I was driving to town every day and sometimes twice a day if I had a meeting in the morning and then not a meeting until late in the evening again. I'd go back home and I'd work all day and then I'd come back. And so I bought a house in town. I bought a house in town so I can walk and I bought it downtown so I can bicycle and walk. And therefore... I can go for long periods of time of not driving my car. What do I use my car for? Well, if I'm doing major grocery shopping, if I'm doing small, I can just ride my bicycle. But you might be thinking, we're going to plan a long-distance trip, or we go on trips regularly. Well, that's when you can rent a car, right? And that's what I keep my car for. I use it for business when I travel outside of town, and I travel a lot. But when I'm in town, I don't. How many of us, you know, waste an hour of our life every day driving when we could make the world a lot better by spending that hour doing almost anything? Now, I not, don't suggest you give up driving. I'm suggesting that you pay for the use of a car when you want or need it. You know, keep your driver's license current. So basically, you know, the teachable moment is owning a car is an expensive proposition. Now, I have a question for my listeners. 
Does anybody want to get together and do a car sharing program? Basically, you know, get a small pickup for hauling things or if you need to go to the grocery store or something like that, but change your mode of transportation to normally not using a car and then, you know, once a week or when you go on a trip using a car. Please send me an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and let's see if we can figure out a way to do and start a car sharing program in our town. actually forgot my password i was trying to log into this computer and so did i do a good job of like talking without actually having the news pulled up one of the biggest things in the news this week is the senate acknowledges climate change but disagrees on the causes it's pretty interesting um it was only by like one vote saying that it was actually human caused so People actually did vote. Um, the U.S. Senate on Wednesday voted 98 to 1 to approve a resolution stating that, quote, it is the sense of the Senate that climate change is real and not a hoax, end quote. Um, then about 15 minutes later, the Senate rejected a second resolution that said climate change is real and caused by humans. The first resolution was approved and co-sponsored by one of the most outspoken climate deniers in the Senate, Senator Jim um, Inafi, did I say that right? Republican from Oklahoma, a man who literally wrote a book about how climate change is the, quote, greatest hoax ever perpetuated, end quote. So it's very interesting. He actually approved and co-sponsored something that he wrote a book about saying was a hoax. So we have gone tremendously forward. Sounds too good to be true, right? That's because it is. At the last minute, right before a vote was taken, he took the floor to state that though he would be co-sponsoring and approving the amendment on the grounds that, yes, climate change is real, but human-caused climate change is not. Quote, men cannot change climate, Inafi said, the hoax is that there are some people who are so arrogant to think that they are so powerful they can change climate, end quote. So it was is widely seen as a way to troll Republicans, a way for Democrats to say, fine, if you want to approve the Keystone XL pipeline, you have to go on record that whether you think global warming is real or not. That's because it was originally put forth as amendment to the bill to approve the Keystone XL pipeline. But Jim Inafi out-trolled the Democrats. Actually, he out-trolled us all. Fortunately, the effort to get every senator on the record about their stance on human-caused climate change was not for not. Shortly after the vote on that resolution, the Senate also took up an amendment which stated that climate change is real and humans contribute 
to it. Now, that amendment failed, however, following a short speech from Senator Lisa Murkowski, stating that the amendment's inclusion of the word significantly, as in humans significantly contribute to global warming, should warn a no vote. So that actually failed 50 to 49. It actually needed 60 votes to pass. But it does mean that a slim majority of the U.S. Senate acknowledges that climate change is real and valid thing. Just that it's not man-made. So there's a meme going around the Internet that basically a bunch of senators said climate change is real, but it's not man-made, and therefore they're blaming women for the whole thing. And, of course, my friend... Um, said, of course, women are hot. So, is that funny? I don't know. But climate change does move the doomsday clock. The end of civilization as we know it just got a little closer. According to an update to the doomsday clock, the world is now three minutes from midnight, and one of the biggest reasons is the failure to reduce greenhouse gas emissions even in the face of climate change. The Bolton of the atomic scientist that maintains the clock and resets the clock every few years based on existential threats to civilization. It was created in 1947. The clock initially served as a warning against the threat of nuclear weapons. But climate change has started to mess with the hands of time in recent years. Now, this is the fourth update to the clock that specifically explicitly mentions climate change. Though, of course, it's been an issue on the bulletin's radar since 1961. So, is there anything in positive news? I don't know. Should it be positive, considering the name of our town is Carbondale? U.S. cold declines. Buck's global trend. Technological progress has been brutal to the yellow pages and compact discs. Coal may be headed the same way in the U.S., partially because of the market and partially because of national climate change policy. Coal-fired power plants are the nation's, uh, our nation's largest single source of greenhouse gas emissions and drivers of climate change. And an old technology slowly being replaced by the newer, cleaner sources of energy. With solar, wind, natural gas gaining ground on the electric grid, change, could you say change is blowing in the wind? Now, signs of coal's decline are written all over the U.S. Energy Information Administration's annual coal report released this week, showing that despite the slight increase in coal consumption in 2013, Coal production is down. Coal mining jobs are down even more. Now, the EIA's 2014 coal analysis will be released at the end of this year. So I guess they're always a year behind. I really enjoy the Energy Information Agency's reports. Um, not agencies, administrations' reports. Um, they're kind of hard to read because there's lots of information in them. But... Um, Every once in a while, someone takes it and tries to graph it in a simplistic way. So for the first time since 1993, coal production in the U.S. fell below 1 billion tons in 2013, down to about 985 million tons. So it takes about 
0.00054 short tons of coal to generate one kilowatt of electricity. And the average homes uses about 10,837 kilowatt of electricity. So it takes about 5.8 tons of coal to power the average home. Now, we in the Midwest um, can be proud to say that our average is a couple thousand higher than that because we do a lot of electric heat. So, have you been following at all this solar-powered plane? This plane is the size of like a 747, but it's completely solar-powered. And um, they're planning a round-the-world trip with it. As soon as next month, a single-seat solar-powered plane with a wingspan larger than a 747 will take off on a five-month journey around the planet. The the team behind Solar Impulse 2, the 5,000-pound plane powered by nothing but sunshine, announced the route the pilots would fall, starting and ending in Abu Dhabi. So basically, it's solar panels charging four extra efficient batteries that make up about a quarter of the plane's weight. Those power its 17.4 horsepower, of course, electric motors, enough to move the plane at 20 to 90 miles per hour. It's not a super fast plane, but the plane and its predecessor have already completed flights across the United States and overnight. But this journey will send it across the oceans for the first time. Now, of course, the key to staying aloft for up to five days at a time, which is necessary, you know, to go across the ocean at the speed of a professional cyclist, if you're going at the slowest speed, right, is charging up the batteries during the daytime and cruising up to uh, 28,000 feet. So basically, you know, as... Kind of like a glider works, right? They're going higher and higher and higher during the day and charging up the batteries. And then at night, when the sun sets, the plane descends at about to about 5,000 feet, basically converting altitude to distance. And now, just to get into some like cri- critical uh, bits of information, the pilot's seat does decline... And it does also act like a, you know, doubles as a toilet. So all told, the pilots will cover 22,000 miles and spend about 500 hours in the air, the equivalent of about three weeks. So, so in late February, early March, they'll take off from Abu Dhabi and head east. And I do have a whole route. Um, let's see. It will have, it will have a stop somewhere in the Midwest, but they haven't announced it because it's based on the weather conditions. It will land in, um, in the U.S., it'll land in Hawaii, Phoenix, somewhere in the Midwest, and then uh, New York. And then it'll cross the Atlantic back over to uh, Southern Europe and back to Abu Dhabi. Now, the point of this flight isn't to produce a commercially viable solar-powered plane. Um, Battery-powered aircraft are in their infancy, even those that can be charged up with a cord and an outlet. It's all about proving what's possible. 
you know. Um, I mean, when the Apollo astronauts went to the moon, it wasn't to launch tourism on the moon and open hotels and make money. It was to inspire the world and show it was possible. So, interesting, huh? Today is National Handwriting Day and Measure Your Feet Day. Uh, why? Actually, when's the last time you wrote a letter to somebody? Today would be a nice day to do that. Saturday is Beer Can Appreciation Day. And um, try to make it a beer can from a craft, because you remember my statistic at the beginning of the show, the top ten beers sold in this country, none of them are owned by American companies. Saturday is Compliment Day, and Sunday is Opposite Day. So I don't know, if you compliment people on Saturday, do you then diss them on Sunday? Monday is Spouse's Day. Tuesday is Chocolate Cake and Punch the Clock Day. Wednesday is National Kazoo and Fun at Work Day. Oh, that could be fun. Thursday is National Puzzle and National Corn Chip Day. All right. In happenings today, Friday... January 23rd at 7 p.m. is Movie and Pizza Party at the Guy House. The Movie and Pizza Party happens every fourth Friday, and this month's feature film is Dead Poets Society. All right? And that's at 913 South Illinois Avenue. Saturday, Carbondale Community Farmer's Market at the Carbondale Community High School. Um, lots of greens this time of the year if you get there early because it is kind of hard to grow greens in the winter. They're doing it all in greenhouses. Also on Saturday, kitchen gadget swap. Bring your clean kitchenware gadgets and small kitchen appliances that are in good working order to swap with others. Oh, that sounds like fun. This event is completely free and everyone is welcome. And all unclaimed items will be donated to the Women's Center to help families make a new start. That is Saturday at the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery Community Room from 2 to 4 p.m. Again, that's the Kitchen Gadget Swap. On Monday, Nonviolent Carbondale Meeting for the 11 Days for Compassion Planning. That's on Monday at 415 and SIU Communications Building Room 1032. So, I don't know if you've noticed, every year, for quite a few years now, there's been the 11 Days Initiative, and each year they have, you know, a different 11 Days of. So this is 11 Days for Compassion. And so, the 11 days for compassion will be from March 21st to 31st. So if you would like to participate, if you have something that could be part of it, it's kind of interesting with a local election coming up. It's now a good time to take a look at community needs and to think collaboratively, creatively, and compassionately at ways to address our community needs. As usual, the 11 days will need to be a community-driven effort. So many of you who have engaged in 11 days initiative in the past, please feel free to invite others. And 
see you on the 26th. If you would like more information, nonviolentcarbondale.org. Also on Monday, the AIDS Walk Volunteer Meeting at 5.30 at Pagliai's Pizza. AIDS Walk seeks new volunteers to help organize the March 21st Southern Illinois AIDS Walk at the SIUC Newman Center. For more information, CarbondaleAidsWalk.org or show up on Monday at 5.30 at Pagliai's Pizza. Also on Monday, the Shawnee Chapter of the Illinois Audubon Society presents Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Fracking But Were Afraid to Ask Monday at 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall that's 217 East Main Street you park around back and then the entrance is in back also Local activist Tapa the Trip will present information on the basis of fracking compare conventional oil drilling with non-conventional extreme extraction discuss local concerns, and bring folks up to date on fracking laws. Again, everything you want to know about fracking, Monday, 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall. If you would like your event to happen, please email them to us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will announce them on the show. Let me know what you thought of the show. It's a lot harder to do it by myself, but was it interesting? Yeah, long pause there. All right. We will see you again on the radio next week. In the meantime, take advantage what has been a really extremely sunny January, at least according to all the... Compared to last year, I was looking at comparing the solar power production on some of my clients last uh, January and this January. And this January has been extremely sunny. It's been cold. It's been windy. But it's also been sunny. I haven't been jonesing too much to go to sunny climates yet. But how do you fight winter? I guess you move to a sunny climate. But remember, moisturizing Because being inside, you get dried out. Drink a lot. People forget to drink in the winter. All right. This has been another exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. If you want to listen to us again, we do archive the show at yourcommunityspirit.org. Send me your emails. If you would like to receive what we talk about on the show, I sometimes remember to send it out on a newsletter. Send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Man, I almost made, was able to talk for a whole half hour. Have a good day, everybody.